hey, welcome to 1128 Community. My name is Mike. And I'm Colleen. And we're married, for those of you that didn't know. And today we're talking about love. And he has a lot of energy this I do. morning, I've got like a lot, lot. like a, a like it a. It might have been yes. the chai tea pumpkin spice combo that they suggested at Starbucks. I've never had this before. Yeah, but it's I'm feeling good. Anyways, welcome to 1128. Our mission as a church is to help you to help people do life different by setting rhythms and values with Jesus at the center. And we really want to lead with love. We want to extend extra grace because we want this to be a safe place for you, for others who join us, to check out faith, uh, experience spirituality, Jesus, a relationship, and what that might mean for them so that they can do life different. And, and so that's where we are today. And we're, we're in the second part of our three or four part series, however you want to put this together, called Lies We Believe. Lies we believe, and this week we are talking about love because there's so many misconceptions, untruths, half-truths, things that we assume about love that may or may not be true. And last week we talked about prayer, and if you missed out on that one, I'd encourage you to go onto our website and check that out, 1128community.org backslash on demand, and you can check out that. But we said last week that prayer is not this simple, straightforward conversation or interaction with Jesus. It's a messy and unique conversation that God's waiting to have with you. And so this week, as we talk about love, we realize that love is messy at times. Love is hard at times. We also want to just really acknowledge very quickly that there's lots of different types of love. It's not just between a husband and a wife. It can be between friends. It can be be between coworkers, classmates, parents, and siblings. Like, there's lots of different types of love. And so this isn't like a specific type of love. This is a generalized love that we're talking about today. And so I just jumping in, love and how I communicate love is maybe different from how you would communicate love. Maybe you'll feel like similar to how I communicate love. Um, maybe, well, don't take any lessons from me, actually, on how to communicate love. But last school year, we, uh, we started sending the kids back to school coming out of COVID. And so we had this whole new routine we were getting into. Jonathan was getting ready in the morning and taking the bus to school. And then Julia would have a little bit extra time at home. And Colleen, in the midst of like them getting ready for school, she was also starting a new job where she was leaving and going to her own school. And so I was essentially the guy in charge of like breakfast and getting everybody out the door on time, making sure like everything ran smoothly. And, and I realized like, I really want Colleen to start her day feeling loved. Like, doesn't everybody want to start their day feeling loved? Okay. <laughs> Let me ask that again. Do y'all want to feel your day or start your day feeling loved? Yeah. Okay. I think we all want that, right? So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure she really knows how loved she is. And so every morning for the first, I don't know, two thirds of the school year, I got up a little bit early. I hit the power button on the Keurig. I made sure it was filled with water. I dumped a little bit of like her favorite coffee ground grounds into like a, the little Keurig cup thing, reusable thing. The reusable, and, yeah. Reusable, yeah, yeah. 
I wasn't making my own Keurig cups. And, uh, but I, I put it in the Keurig. I'd put her favorite cup in there. And then I'd hit like the 12 ounces, like extra bold, you know, like. And then it would cook and do whatever it does in there. I'm not really much of a coffee guy. You already knew that because I said I had a chai latte this morning. But, but I, I made this coffee and I thought it was great. And it would come out and then I'd set it on the counter because she... He puts too much creamer in. Yeah, so yeah. I just, I kind of leave it there at that point. I'd leave it there at that point and let her take it over, right? Like, I did most of the hard work. And I knew, she, like, she was feeling really loved because I was making this coffee. And about, I don't know, six, seven months ago, February, March time, we're two-thirds of the way through the school year. And we were kind of going through something where Colleen was like, you know, you don't really, like, tell me you love me all that often, you don't show me. And I was like, I show you every day. I show you every day how much I love you by making that coffee. And Colleen says, oh, is that, is that what that is? I thought you were just trying to get me out the door faster. I did. I, yeah, yeah and, true story. And like, love, love is hard, right? Communicating love is hard, and apparently Colleen wasn't leaving the house feeling loved every morning. She was feeling kicked out, and like I was just like, gosh, I can't wait till she's gone. But really, we do believe this lie that in order to show love, we have to do these big things, these grand gestures. Love, like showing our love, has to be loud and making coffee might not seem like a grand gesture but it, he thought it was oh, he it really definitely. did <laughs> he thought it was and we see these grand gestures also in the movie we you know we see like these big proposals or these big demonstrations of friendship you know the big surprise party and it also on the flip side we can then expect those things to feel loved so we believe the lie that we only are loved if we have these big grand gestures, these big things, and that's how we feel loved. And if we don't have them, then we often feel like, okay, who, who cares about me? Well, and then yeah. the other thing, too, is like those big grand gestures, a lot of times we think like, oh, they're going to feel loved. But we also interpret it as like, oh, they're receiving my love, or I'm good at sharing or showing my love or giving love. And, and it's not always true either, right? Right. Well, and very honestly, and we already had this conversation, so he knows back in February, I said very honestly, the way that I would feel loved in the morning is for you to have more patience. Because we're all... You know I said that. Mm, yeah. She did, she did. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's opening that wound one more time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, you know, we're both, and our kitchen is not tiny by any means, but we're both in that kitchen. He's trying to do the breakfast. I'm trying to get my lunch together, fill up my water bottle, and get, a, get out the door. And often, I would feel that impatience or lack of patience, like, yes, okay, please just leave. Yeah, and you know, like, where this led us to is this deeper understanding of, of like, love is hard, but, like, we can do it better. And ultimately, we realize that our ability to love is, it's really rooted, it's deeply connected 
to our ability and understanding of our relationship with the Father. Your ability to love, your ability to love well, is dependent on your connection with the Father. Your ability to love well, to communicate love, to receive love, to experience love, it's dependent on your connection with the Father. And this part of the Bible that we're going to go into right now, you've probably heard it if you've ever been to a wedding. It's in 1 Corinthians, and it's often used in this context of people getting married. But really, Paul is writing this letter to the people in Corinth because they're not getting along. Like them in their gathering, their service, they're not getting along. So Paul, he had started the church in Corinth. He had gone there. He had lived with them and then moved on, kept going to other cities. But just a little while after that, he heard like, wow, they're really not doing well. Like they're really struggling. So Paul writes this letter to the Corinthian people that we're going to read today. And in this whole entire letter, Paul is writing about a problem that he sees, and then he's giving like a very practical solution. And really the point of his letter is that we and the Corinthian people need to see life through the lens of the gospel. And so we're going to jump right into 1 Corinthians 13, and it says, love is patient and kind. So love is patient. It's patient when we're frustrated. It's kind when we're annoyed. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. And man, there are some of us in here that we would say, yeah, you know what? We are jealous or boastful. And maybe you're not those, but maybe you're rude. Maybe you get annoyed by things your coworkers do or annoyed by the neighbor's mowing times. And then we're rude. Love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not demand its own way. Man, how many times have I demanded that love, whether it's from Mike or a friendship, looks a certain way? It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And I love that Paul ends on that, back to that positive. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful, and it endures through everything, even when things are really hard, even when things are really bad. And you know, when we get into love, and we think about hard things, things that feel really bad, relationships that maybe don't look the way that we want them to look, friendships that are broken. Love, real love, it's going to endure through those things. But so many of us struggle to live and love like Jesus because because we don't understand the love that's already been given to us. We have this idea that like God loved us but we don't know what that really means. We don't really accept that and receive that 
fully. Now, I know you've probably heard John 3.16, but it says here, for here is the way that God loved the world. God loved the world. God loved Colleen. God loved Mike. God loved you. God loved you so much that he gave his only unique son, Jesus, as a gift. Gave him as a gift out of love. Now, I imagine that Jesus, living here in this world, experienced hard things, right? Like, we know kind of what happened the week leading up to, to Good Friday and then Easter. Like, Jesus was, was in this place, going through this week of just horrible things, knowing full well that it was going to lead to death on a cross. Now, I've never been in this experience where like, I knew where I was headed and it was death on a cross. Like, I've never been there. But I imagine that if I was, I'd be trying to turn around and go the other way. I mean, think about it. Like, you would be too. Like, if you knew that death was ultimately at the end of the road you're walking, you'd say, uh-uh, not for me. But this love that, that God had, this love that, that was poured out through Jesus, that was lived out in this world, it said yes. It endured all of that hard. It endured death. Because you're worth it. Because we're worth it. Because God knew, like, I don't want them to be apart from me forever. And the only way, the only way for them to experience this life, the life that we talked about already earlier in that verse of the day, for them to experience this life, something needs to take their place. And so Jesus, being filled with love, being sent on mission, knowing full well that the mission led to a cross and to death, he said, you know what, I am going to endure because love endures all things. And so there Jesus went, and he died, and he was buried, and then he rose again. And he rose again, and then we saw that, like, love wins out. Like, the opposite of love is, like, this death feeling, this death experience, but love wins out there. And our ability to love, it comes out of that place. Our ability to love well, it comes out of this this understanding, this deep truth that love wins, that love endures all things. Let me remind you that your ability to love, your ability to love well, whether it's a friend, a parent, a sibling, maybe it's a coworker or a teacher, maybe it's a spouse a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a significant other of some other variety. Love endures all things, and love wins out. And that's what Jesus showed us there. Now, we understand that maybe. We've heard this before, but, but like, what does that practically mean? What does that practically look like? How do we live out an enduring love? A love that's not impatient. A love that's not rude. 
a real love. A love that sees beyond our faults, that sees beyond the mistakes, that sees beyond the here and now and says, I want people to experience a fuller life, a life with Jesus. It starts with your connection to the Father. This morning, you might be sitting here needing to reconnect with the Father. You know, we found that in in our relationship, it's hard to love when we don't have a strong connection with the Father. We are better off with each other in our communication and how we show love and feel love when we're better connected to God. And today, if you're struggling to love, whether it's somebody that's really close to you or maybe it's that person, like Colleen said, that mows their lawn at the wrong time of day when you're trying to get your beauty sleep. If you're struggling to love, the only way to improve that is to improve your connection with the Father. So my challenge, my encouragement to you is to improve your connection. Get into your your scripture. Read what Jesus tells us about love. Spend time sitting and praying and saying, God, would you help me to love like you? God, would you help me to deeply understand what it means to love like you? Because God, my ability to love well is dependent on this connection. And I want to love like you. Yeah, what would it look like? How would it change our families, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our schools? What would it look like if we were able to love well? I imagine we'd have more patience when our child is struggling or when our spouse is having a bad day. I'd imagine we'd have more kindness if a friend is in a really busy season and forgot something that was important to us. I'd imagine we wouldn't be jealous, like if something really good happens to somebody else, but instead we would run to celebrate them too. I know I would be less rude. I would be less rude if I'm loving well. And if I'm loving well, I know that I will see people around me, even if it's just a smile and a hello. Our spaces that we are in will be different if we're connected with the father if we lean into that relationship if we stay connected they they will change it has to change and that's the kind of impact that we want to leave on this world and god doesn't ask you to just love well and to be like okay with how you're doing it God asks you to love more and more like he loved you first. So we all have room for improvement today. We could all love better. And if you want to love better, if you want to love well, it's going to depend on your connection to the Father.